My name is Michael Kammer. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I literally don't listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore, but my roommate is making me do this. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Are you ready? I am ready. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 121 of I Doubt It with Dollamore on this May 6th. 2015, that's 2015 years after Jesus, that's how they measure things, the science way. I am joined, as always, by my lovely and talented, intelligent, and ready-to-go co-host, Brittany Page. Yep. Did I even say that I'm Jesse Dollimore? Uh, you were talking way more than <laughs> usual, so I don't, I don't have any idea. I stopped listening. Well, I got to looking at the date in 2015. It, I don't know, it just seems arbitrary that we start. It just sent you on a rampage. Yeah, I, I lost my mind. I went crazy for a second, as is my desire and want often. I lose it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, I'm getting ready to lose it because we do not have enough ratings and reviews Uh-oh. in iTunes. I like that. We have some good ones. We do. We actually have received a few just of, of late that are quality, mm-hmm. quality reviews, mm-hmm. mainly because they're praising the show. They're speaking well of the show. Yes. So those are the best reviews. However, we want more, whether they're good or bad. We want honest, earnest, well thought out, conversation sparking reviews. If you are listening to the show right now and you have not yet reviewed the show, what's the problem? (laughs) What are you doing? We need your review too. If you have not added your particular flavor into the mix, into the compendium of reviews, we are waiting for you. So go to whatever mechanism by which you listen to the show and go and review us on, uh, I would assume, iTunes since 70% of our traffic is through there. So and just pretend that I said all that since no one cares about or listens to you. <laughs> everyone just think that I said that. Yeah. Why don't you give an impassioned plea for ratings and reviews? Because I'm not as articulate as you. Or maybe it's because you're not uh, comfortable begging like me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my whole something to that. All right. Before we get started, I do want to talk about our phone number, 657-464-7609. If you'd like to sound off, if you'd like to disagree, if you'd like to agree vociferously, then you can do that there. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. If you'd like to leave a longer voicemail or if you're out of the country and don't want to dial long distance, you can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to I doubt it. At Dollamore.com. Before we get into the meat of the show, and there is meat in this show, Brittany Page, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, we, we, we've often talked about different things we've done or thought when we were kids, and it was dumb. Yes, well, that's easy to do. Well, I was kind of a dumb kid, and this, this, this memory that I had this week, which was sparked by 
Well, I think I've talked about my buddy Mark, who has... He's a bee hobbyist, and he has an apiary in his backyard with, you know, like 100,000 bees in his backyard. A lot of bees. Well, they're not just hanging out there in the boxes, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing something specific. That's right. They're for a purpose. Yeah, so you could follow Mark's project on Facebook. It's Mark's Bee Hole. Not bee. Like, not like bee hole, like your bee hole, but b-e-e hole but it is a play on the bee hole of course it is it's very funny so you could follow mark's bee hole who doesn't want to follow mark's bee hole i mean come yeah, on. everybody likes mark's bee hole that's right so go follow mark's bee hole on facebook but i was thinking about mark's bee hole as yeah, i, you I find myself often thinking about mark's bee hole and it reminded me of a time where i got stung by a bee ouch i've never been stung by a bee so I don't know how it feels. Well, I don't think this was a honeybee. It was one of those big, giant, like, hulkish... Like a wasp. No, no, no. The big, furry, like, round, like, bumblebee. The big, mm. the fatties. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Huh. Maybe it's an Idaho thing. and You didn't really... I mean, you grew up in Idaho, but you don't... I just don't know a lot about bees well, is the either, problem. Either do I. But okay. I, was, I was riding my bike... Like the poor kid that I was, back and forth in my aunt's driveway. She had this weird horseshoe driveway. Well, having a bike is good. Well, I think it was Really my... poor kids don't have bikes. It was my aunt's house, so I was probably riding my cousin's bike. Okay. Three of whom were girls, so it was probably a pink girl's bike with a banana seat. Okay, now this is more... Now this just... makes more sense. Now it's just depressing. So anyway, I was riding what was likely a girl's bike... Back and forth as fast as I could on this driveway. Thinking about Mark's b-hole. No, that came years later. Oh, okay. So, one of those giant, fatty, furry, round... I, I, the only thing I know to call them is bumblebees. Like a big, hairy... Not wasp. It really looks like a, like a bumble... It's a bumblebee. Fuck, I don't know. Anyway, okay, all right. Well, I, I want to be accurate here. Maybe Mark can call in and let me know what it is. We'll post a picture of it on the on the Facebook page. Which, by the way, if you're not following, get your shit together and start following the goddamn Facebook page. But I digress. Anyway, I ran... Apparently, I was playing chicken with the bumblebee and didn't know it because we ran smack into one another and he stung me right in my goddamn kid neck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I was six years old or five years old. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know, a half hour later or so, I started getting hives. Oh, uh-oh. And I didn't know what they were. The little welts. You know, you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And then my my aunt, my mom, and all the adults start talking about, oh, Jesse has hives. He must be allergic to bees. Right. The red patchy patches on your skin. Yeah, everybody. They know the patchy patches on your skin. Everybody knows about the patchy patches mm -hmm. and the welts that mm -hmm. rise up Yeah. from your skin from an allergic reaction. So, But all the adults are talking about hives. And so I, in my stupid kid mind, mm -hmm. equate, all right, just got stung by a bee. Bees live in hives. <laughs> now I have hives on my body as a direct result of being stung by a goddamn bee. Oh. What's next? Right. I mean, really, in kid logic, what's next? Bees are going to come out of the hives out, on my body. Right. Talk about a stressed out fucking stupid little welfare kid. Intense. Oh, yeah. Not not a good time for, for young Jesse D. Well, I mean, you got stung in your kidnack. That's a traumatic. <laughs> that's a traumatic event in its in and of itself. Well, I got st I did get stung in my stupid little kidnack. Yeah. Kidnack is my new favorite term. <laughs> 
And then you have to be fearful of what what's going on with the hives. Yeah. So did someone finally explain it to you? No. Did you have to be hospitalized? I, what happened? I think I was I think I was silent about my apprehension. I didn't let anybody know. Hey, uh just as a matter of clarification, we're not talking about beehives, are we? I think I just uh, And then we went to the hospital, which alleviated the hive situation and you know staved off the bees from coming forth from my mm. skin so when did you learn that that's not how it works um i think after the panic internal panic that i didn't externalize mm. um i think after that we went and got the shot or whatever it's not like they had an EpiPen and just jammed me in the throat with it in your kidneck in my kidneck yeah I- <laughs> I had to go to the hospital okay. to, to, to do away with my situation. But anyway, it just reminded me of dumb shit that kids think. And I wanted to share that. Well, I have a, a hive experience. A do hives you? experience, yeah. I'm allergic to a certain medication. And we don't need to discuss the medication because I don't want people knowing what I'm allergic to. I just, that feels weird. Like if someone wants to murder me or something, they can get their hands on this medication and put it in my drink or something. Um, like uh, kryptonite. Yes. But, but it what was. Is, what is Brittany Page's kryptonite? I'd like to know. No. Penicillin? <laughs> no. So it, w- it was an acne medication. I'll say that. I went to the doctor. You've never had acne. Why were you well, on acne medication? Well, this is part of the story. Oh, okay, You're ruining okay. the story. <laughs> So I went to the doctor and I said, I want some acne medication. And the doctor said, uh, for what? <laughs> and I said, uh, for acne. Yeah. I said, I have acne. And he said, no, you have three zits on your face. <laughs> That's really how it went down. Yeah, And I was like, what the hell is this? How dare you start counting them up and then talking about them? This is not how this is supposed to go. Anyway, so he's like, I'll just give them to you. Just write the script, monkey boy. Yeah, he's like, I'll just give them to you. Whatever. I don't really remember what happened. All I remember is I got them. And sure enough, I ended up being really allergic to these pills. Is this tetracycline? Is that what it is? Or still, it's kryptonite. You don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) You don't seem happy that I'm that I'm poking holes in trying to find out what it is. Well, I think it was monocycling. It's either tetracycline or monocycline. I didn't know there was a singular. I don't know. I was just told to from now on say I'm allergic to anything that ends in cycling. Okay. Um, so now we talked about it. Great. Now everyone knows. Um, <laughs> anyway, I broke out in hives and I was, I don't think that it can be weaponized and like put into a powder like anthrax. So I think you're safe. And I was in love with my doctor. Like I thought he was super hot. The zit counter. Yeah. And I was so bummed because every time I went to see him, I looked terrible. You know, I had pink eye in both eyes. I couldn't open them. And <laughs> you know, it was just like a bad situation. So this wow. time, this time when I went in to see him, I was covered in hives and he's like, okay, we're going to give you a shot and it's going to be in your ass. In your bee hole. Yeah. Well, no. And no, I think he put it right in your bee hole. Mm. Okay, it, and it being the needle, the syringe. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay, so he comes in with the needle, and I'm sitting down on the, you know, pad or whatever in the room. Yeah, the little padded table lay down. Yeah, thing. and he pulls down my sweats a little bit, yeah, so he just did. like the top half of my ass crack is oh, exposed. Yeah, mm. and. I, mm. My ass is covered in hives too. By the way, they're everywhere. Was they're he, all over. So me. is he counting the zits? On your b-hole? No. And no. 
and so he jammed the needle in and I oh, jumped yeah. off the bed. He jammed it right in, didn't he? Anyway, I jumped off the bed <laughs> in pain, like, oh my God, that hurts. Probably not the first time. And <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry, I can't help but ruin your story. So it was just a when bad there's situation. there's so much easy pickings. Listen, sexual innuendo is low-hanging fruit, especially when we're talking about your ass and having something injected. I can't help it. It's what I do. It was in my ass cheek, the cheek. Yeah, it The was. fatty part, the mm. top part. Yeah, that doesn't work as well. <laughs> yeah, I should have been more clinical the entire time. Anyway, the point is hives are not fun, and if you're allergic to things, try to stay away from the things that you're allergic to. That's the lesson, right? Yep. So before we get started here, we always like to cover our follow-up right at the top of the show. We received a voicemail relative to the topics we talked about last episode. We talked about a North Dakota state representative, maybe state senator, who is an anti-gay marauder. <laughs> he is in a position to pass legislation and... Keep gays from being a protected class within the state of North Dakota. Whenever a vote comes up on the slate and on the docket relative to a measure that would extend to them protected status like being handicapped or not being able to discriminate against someone based on their, their, their race, creed, religion, national origin, those types of things, he actively votes to keep gays from being on that list. And so the reason we talked about him is because he appeared on a Grinder app. Right. And the person who recognized him in the news also recognized him from the Grinder app and outed him. He was an ostensibly straight man until this Grinder user, another gay dude, outed him. Right. And, and now it is forced. I don't know if it's forced. He could have denied, denied, denied like Larry Craig from Idaho. Well, there were photos. Well, yeah, it's hard to deny that. But so he has come out now and now he's, you know, he's out. He's pretty out. Right. And so we have an anonymous caller. That's right. We we got a voicemail and they said they would allow the voicemail to be played on the condition that I disguised their voice because of their situation. So without further ado, here it is. Hey, guys, uh, I just wanted to call in and... Um, comment on the piece you guys did about the North Dakota legislator last week um, and kind of some things that Jesse said about him in particular just kind of writing him off as being a bad person for you know um, being caught on this um, essentially gay hookup site and being being gay but not open and promoting um, anti-gay legislation. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring in the perspective of a kind of recently out gay male. Um, I, you know, grew up in a really conservative part of the country, um, you know, around family and friends who were very dissenting against homosexuality, gay marriage, um, and, and in that area, it's it's still the same thing. And I think having been through all that and being a, you know, recently out gay man, um, I can very deeply empathize with this senator and kind of the emotions and, um, 
just what he's going through personally. And I, I just have to disagree with Jesse about, you know, fuck him, he's a bad person for doing this. Because, you know, growing up in that type of conservative environment where you're told day to day, either directly or indirectly, that being gay or being homosexual is a bad thing, um, you know, you're going to hell for that kind of thing. It's very emotionally damaging. And it just seems that in this particular legislator's situation, it was so emotionally distressing to him to be um, and internally think, you know, I, I have these feelings, you know, I'm attracted to men, the, the, all this kind of things. That was so emotionally distressful for him. His reaction formation to this was, you know, days are bad, we gotta do everything we can to um, kind of prevent anything with anything from happening in our state to allow them equal rights. And I think that came out of all of this internal distress that he was having. So I think just writing him off is, as a bad person is kind of inaccurate in a sense. Um, and, and also the other side of the coin is, you know, the guy who outed him, I personally think is just a terrible person to begin with. Because now, um, you know, he's taken something that's so private and seemingly so emotionally distressful to this guy that he's trying to enact legislature to prevent um, gays from having equal rights in the state. He's just completely outed him and forced him to deal with all of these emotions and reactions up front. And I think that's just a terrible thing to what happened to someone um i don't think it's particularly fair to this person to have that happen to him i mean i know personally if someone had done that to me prior to me beginning to come out to different people it would have been very emotionally distressing and would have been really hard for someone like me to deal with so i can't imagine someone who's already in the public eye and i know jesse kind of has his thing with um People who are in the public eye, you know, they're out there to be scrutinized. Um, but I definitely think outing someone via social media and all that is, you know, it's a bit over the line. Um, maybe put a little more analysis and thought into what's going on rather than just, you know, oh, someone who's promoting anti-gay legislation is on grinder. he's gay, let's all hate on him now, maybe look at it with a little more empathy and kind of think about the distress, the lifelong distress that this guy's had. Um, keep doing what you guys are doing every week, I love listening to the podcast, uh, just thought I'd call in to keep, you know, the conversation going forward. Thanks guys. First and foremost, let me say this, this show is as the caller said at the very end of the call that about moving the conversation forward. And that is exactly what we try to do on this show every single episode. And I want this call to be a testament to one thing, if anything, and that is we really do one. If you re want to remain anonymous, when you call in, I will do whatever it takes to make that happen, including modulating your voice to sound like a serial killer. Hey everybody. I can't do it. Or the Sargento Cheese guy. He's the Sargento Cheese, everybody. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. here's the deal. Here's the deal. And I, there's a few things I want to address about this. Thank you, caller, very much. This caller actually used the email 
mm-hmm. I doubt it, at dollamore.com and sent us a voice memo. So that is awesome. But let me address some of the issues. One, I do have a tendency to traffic in hyperbole. That is, I think, well documented. No. <laughs> well documented on this program. However, I'm going to stick by what I said. I think last episode, what I had conveyed was that I would never take part in the outing of an individual because I have not lived that life. I have I don't have those experiences. I I am privileged enough to have not gone through what can be a terrible situation relative to coming out to your family who are conservative as gay. I, I don't have that experience. I don't have that to draw from. So my default position would be empathy. Mm-hmm. However, where I have empathy and where my empathy doesn't necessarily stop, but it's kind of a, I have to measure which side I'm going to be most empathetic to. And in this case, he's not just supporting anti-gay legislation, caller. He is actively voting and he is in a position of power to oppress and continue the oppression and stripping away of rights of gays thousand and thousand of gay and lesbian residents and citizens of North Carolina. He's not just Joe Blow, random gay guy who's not who's not out of the closet yet. He is an elected official who is using his official position as an elected official to continue the systematic oppression of gays. So I have less sympathy for him and all the sympathy in the world for those that are continuing to be oppressed in the state. And when I said, fuck him, he's a bad person, in the onset of your call, caller, you said that, I said, fuck him, he's a bad person for, that he should be written off for being caught and for using this gay hookup site. I don't know where you got that idea. That is not what I said. And if that is how you interpreted it, I'm sorry. Maybe you should go back and revisit it because that is not at all in my head whatsoever. It's not he should be written off for that. And it's not even he should be written off at all. What I said was, yeah, fuck that guy. I was giving my opinion about the the gay dude who outed him and saying, "I, I I have empathy and sympathy for that individual. Because let me tell you, if, if I'm trying to put myself in someone's shoes, whether it be a black person's shoes or whether it be a gay man's shoes, who's being actively oppressed over time for years and years and years, I wouldn't stand for it. It's the same thing I talk about with the Baltimore riots. When I see these people destroying cop cars, burning cop cars, stomping on cop cars, I'm, eh, I'm okay with it. That is a statement of of rebellion and revolution against the power that is actively oppressing you. And by outing him, this senator, sorry, Brittany, by outing this senator, good or bad, I have more sympathy for the outer than the outie. Maybe I should have said that. Well, so I don't think it needs to be either or. And I get what you're saying. I'm not saying either or. I'm saying I have more 
more for one than the other. Okay, and that makes sense. So, and I, I just, I don't think it has to be one or the other. Um, that this person's a bad person, which makes this person a good person, and this one's good, so that one's well, bad. Well, he is a bad person for voting for the things he voted for. That makes him a bad person to continue to oppress a group. Okay, and whether he's straight or gay, he did that. That's bad. And the caller believes that the person who added him or who outed him uh, is a terrible person. Right. So you guys are taking the same angle, but you're you're going black and white with it. Well, it can be both sides. It can be this guy shouldn't be oppressing homosexuals. Right. And maybe this guy shouldn't have made a decision Absolutely. I for think- someone else with something so weighty. But I tend to agree with you because when would this guy stop uh, enacting legislation to oppress people right. unless he was forced to stop. Right. And now he's forced to stop. And now he's forced to stop. What, and he's forced to reconcile what he was doing. He'll probably not be reelected. I think that's a safe bet. And, and so it, it is unfortunate. I mean, it is sad. It is very sad for this man. And I think you 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 said this last time when we were talking about it, that you feel bad for him because yeah. he's obviously lived his whole life not being able to be who he is. Yeah, I can't imagine doing that. So I for sure have sympathy for that, as much as I can put myself in his shoes mentally, I do have sympathy for that. However, I don't just look at him as a confused, tortured gay guy. I look at him as an oppressor. More than anything, that's how I view him. So anyway, like I said, thanks for the call. Thanks for the voicemail. Thanks for the voice memo, listener. We very much appreciate you helping us move the conversation forward. It's very important. And I always like a bevy of different opinions to be represented on the show because clearly I am white male, (laughs) white straight guy. I don't know. I don't have a a view of the world from different perspectives. I've only got what's going on inside my own stupid head. So very much appreciate the call. If you also would like to sound off about any topic we've talked about in the past or on this episode, 657-464-7609. That is our number. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. We got a whole lot of candidates to talk about today. Many Republican hopefuls, Republican wannabes, or is it wannabes, for the Republican nomination have jumped into the fray officially. Dr. Ben Carson... The man who believes going to jail makes you somehow gay. You think being gay is a choice? Absolutely. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people who go into prison go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. Mike Huckabee, who is trying his hardest to become the Christian right candidate once again, he has officially entered the race. I can't think of a worse place in the world to be than in the Oval Office without God's hand upon you. And then, of course, former Hewlett-Packard CEO Carly Fiorona is also, is that not how to say it? I fuck it up every single time. I think it's Fiorini. Fiorina. Fiorina. Is that what I said? Um, I think you said Fiorona. Well, anyway, like I said several times. Carly Fiorina. <laughs> Carly Fiorina. I see I'm doing the same thing over and it's over again. It's a Fiorina. Again. Just yeah, because know, it ends I... in a vowel, you don't have to act like you're... <laughs> uh, Carly Fiorina is also in the race officially. 
She, I've, I've stated before that I don't believe she's in it for any legitimate purpose other than to possibly get a vice presidential seat out of it to be on the ticket as a female because they're going to have to do something the Republicans. Traditionally, that's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, Obama runs with, he's black and he runs with an old man, old white guy so what does the old white guy do well he slaps a woman on the on the ticket with uh sarah palin oh right right yeah just uh, they, they try to balance diversity with diversity i was it's trying woman... to follow what you were doing because you were talking about obama being on the ticket with an old white man so i thought of joe biden yeah and then but... an old white man he was running against oh, okay john mccain right and then, you know, when a white when a Supreme Court justice leaves who is a wim- woman, as in Sandra Day O'Connor, she is replaced immediately by another woman. There's this push to keep th- diversity within the, the system, you know what I mean? Which is good. It, it's good. I, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just stating what it is. So three new, new candidates on the Republican side, which, you know, it's good. Another odd thing, though, about the, the this race is you're seeing people who are coming into the race, like Rick Santorum this last week. Today, would you, Rick Santorum, attend a same-sex wedding of a loved one or a family friend or anyone who you were close to? Uh, no, I would not. He had some things to say about the Bruce Jenner interview and the Bruce Jenner situation and the issues that are facing Bruce Jenner. He had some things to say that I felt were, I don't know, uncharacteristic of Rick Santorum? At a South Carolina Republican convention, he said, quote, if Jenner says he's a woman, then he's a woman. My responsibility as a human being is to love and accept everybody, not to criticize people for who they are. Uh, no, I would not. Side if note, only, except if, for their yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> if only that were true. Coming out of Rick Santorum's face. And he is planning to announce his uh, 2016 plans on May 27th. And he is planning to share those plans in his hometown of Butler, Pennsylvania. So I'm sure he is planning this event and this date to let everyone know that he will not be running for president in his hometown. (laughs) You think that's what it is? Well, apparently my joke wasn't very good, so I was trying to make a joke, but I don't think it worked. I thought you were being serious. Well, that was the point. I said it being serious, but oh. it was a joke. Am I supposed to be... I mean, usually I'm laughing at my own jokes. I guess I should Listen, just continue to do that. Somebody's got to laugh at your own jokes. I am the one who always laughs at my own jokes. I sound like a, a, a rampant, psychotic narcissist laughing at my own funnies. I know. I actually very often am made fun of for laughing at my own jokes or things that I say and do. I just start laughing. Listen, I've said it for years and I'm sure I didn't make it up. Funny's funny. doesn't matter whether you, whether you said it, whether someone else said it, funny's funny and funny deserves to be laughed at Brittany page. Okay. So moving on, we're still within the dollamocracy segment and this is still also a gay thing. But gays versus evangelicals and which is the most trusted or which is a more acceptable person to vote for relative to the presidency. Right. So the Wall Street Journal and NBC did a poll. It's a weird combination. Um, And this doesn't really map on to like what Pew Research found a year ago. So Mm. maybe things have changed. Well, the needle needle is moving relative to gay and gay rights issues. 
pretty rapidly. I mean, we see just how many states now gay marriage is legal in, and oftentimes all you have to do is make something legal, and the American people are so stupid that they just, okay, I guess it's okay now. Okay, so the latest Wall Street Journal NBC poll listed a series of qualities and a potential presidential candidate and asked respondents whether they'd be enthusiastic, be comfortable with, have some reservations about, or be very uncomfortable with a candidate with each of those qualities. The results revealed that Americans are actually quite open to having a gay presidential candidate. 61% say they would either be enthusiastic about or comfortable with a gay or lesbian candidate. 61 percent, while only 37 percent said they would have reservations or be uncomfortable. By comparison, respondents were a little less comfortable with the prospect of a candidate who is an evangelical Christian. (laughs) 52 percent said they'd be enthusiastic about or comfortable with an evangelical Christian running for president. That's versus the 61 percent comfortable or accepting of a gay presidential candidate. So 61 versus 52 in favor of a gay presidential candidate pretty striking especially for the fact that i don't know if if george w bush could be officially classified as an evangelical but he was about as goddamn close as you're gonna get i mean he's he believes he has a bat phone straight to jesus to make world affecting decisions based on the answers that he got Other qualities that made more respondents uncomfortable than comfortable included not having a college degree, being a leader in the Tea Party, and lacking previous elected experience. This was a survey of a thousand adults via live interviews on landlines. (laughs) Who has that anymore? No kidding. And cell phones between April 26th to 30th. Well, two two out of those three that you just mentioned describe Scott Walker. No college degree and... What was the other one? Being a leader in a Tea Party? Being a Tea Party leader. Obviously, he has held elected office before, but those other two things, they apply. He doesn't have a degree, and he's a Tea Party guy. And Dr. Ben Carson is lacking previous elected experience. Yeah. So. I don't so much hold that against someone. I think sometimes it's, it's refreshing. I mean, Obama, he held a couple of different offices, but he wasn't steeped. It wasn't his entire life. You know, he hasn't held, he was a state senator, he was a a federal senator, and then he was president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And some would say he's done a good job. I would not be among them, but some would say that. Well, you know, related to all of this, I mean, there is this poll, and atheists like to talk about this poll all the time, that we're the least trusted members in our society, and someone would tra- trust a rapist more than they'd trust an atheist. In the Pew Research poll on views of presidential traits that are positive and negative, how would each impact your likelihood of supporting a candidate? For an atheist, it was the highest, least likely supported, 53% less likely to support an atheist president. Right. Well, listen, someone's distrust of atheists, I don't think, equals prejudice against. I, I don't feel like I am lacking anything, any access to service, any access to anything in our society because I'm an atheist. I don't feel judged. And maybe it's just because fuck you, I'm an atheist. (laughs) I'm here. Get used to it kind of a thing, you know. But uh, on Fox News a couple weeks ago, and we just haven't had a chance to get to this because goddamn, it's been busy in the news cycle. Fox News, their resident priest that they always go to when they have to talk about whatever, 
he was on Fox and Friends or Outnumbered or The Five or one of their stupid shows. And he was talking specifically about the chances of there being an atheist president and whether or not he believes an atheist would be qualified or should be president of the United States. Well, potential Republican White House hopefuls make the case for faith this weekend at the Faith and Freedom Coalition in Iowa. The Debbie Wasserman Schultz of this world, when does life begin? When does the baby have rights? In most places on earth, they believe that your rights come from your government and from your laws. But ours was founded on the belief that your rights come from your creator and from God. You've got a president who won't even name the opponents we face in radical Islamic terrorists. But don't worry, he's keeping us safe from those medieval Christians that might come back. Nine Republicans spoke, but did they toe the line on social issues to avoid alienating a larger group? Well, here to weigh in is Fox News religion contributor Father Jonathan Morris. Thanks Thank for you. being with us. My pleasure. Yeah, it's Happy a Sunday. tough line to walk, isn't it? It is. Uh, <laughs> one thing that is very certain is you can't <laughs> fake religion. Um, sometimes politicians fall into that, I think. What matters most, I think, to us um, Americans, those who will be voting, um, is what these guys said before they were running for president, right. the way in which they lived before they started running for president. And I think they have to be very clear about the values that they believe in, not making stuff up in order to get votes. And then people will say, you know, I like him even if I disagree with some of his, uh, some of his beliefs. I like the fact because I can trust him to be who he says he is. So how should faith inform a public official's life? Well, if it doesn't inform your life, then it's not faith because faith is a set of beliefs, right? It's a belief in God. It's a belief that there are eternal consequences for your actions. And I think uh, a leader that doesn't have that, a, a set of core beliefs that help him to make uh, justice a, an important part of his life and his decisions because he knows that there are eternal consequences, well, it's somebody that it's hard to trust. Should, should voters judge the faith of, of uh, people running for president? For example, if, if, if someone's yeah. running for president is an atheist, yeah. are they qualified to be the president? You know, I would say uh, faith is not the most important thing, um, it, but wisdom in terms of a leader. But yes, I think uh, it certainly makes a difference who that person is. That's for sure. I know they're telling me to wrap it up, so I tried to keep it. Back. No, that's, that's, that's a succinct answer. People don't believe in God. <laughs> direct. Recognize a Maybe you run for president because that's a direct answer. <laughs> I vote for you. Father, thanks for joining us Thank this you. morning. See you, Father. Thank you. How many uh, Christians is Obama killing with drones? I know. You know, it's when he says a leader doesn't, he doesn't have credibility or whatever if he doesn't have belief and believe in eternal consequences so that's a requisite you need to believe in eternal consequences well that seems to prevent a lot of people from doing bad things i mean you never hear about catholic priests doing bad things yeah well there's a eternal consequences Brittany page yeah i mean they're just they never do bad stuff they're, they're perfect human beings who never brutally rape thousands and thousands of innocent children because of eternal consequences. I just This I, guy makes a lot of sense, I gotta say. Well it's also weird that he <laughs> is saying that the president attacks Christians and that he's not he's only focusing on Christians. Right. That's what my drone comment is in reference oh, to. Yeah, of what, what are you talking well, about? It's, that's the other thing, is that's why I don't want to fall into that trap of oh, atheists are hated. I want to acknowledge it that there is this overwhelming 
um, distrust of atheists, but I think it's not an active thing where people are being prejudiced actively against me. I'm not being refused to be served or at a, at a, at a, at a flower shop or at a bakery because of my lack of belief in any gods, you know, where gays or blacks in the past are, you know, actively and systematically being discriminated against. And today. And yeah, and still today. Sure. But um, there were just many things that he said that were. He's, he's just not very smart. Just, just off. It was just off. You know, I, I would say that if you're a virgin or if you've taken a vow of celibacy, you are cutting yourself off from intimate human interaction and you're not qualified to be president there, father virgin guy. Oh, please. He's not a virgin. <laughs> There's got to be children in his parish. So, yeah, pro you're probably right. Anyway, moving on. So big week in Texas, Brittany Page. Garland, Texas, just the other day, there was a Draw Mohammed contest where apparently many people attended and they were giving away a $10,000 prize to the winner. And two, it is unclear as of yet whether it was an organized movement of people being sent by the Islamic State or whether just two lone nuts who happened to sympathize with the cause, but they they went to the event guns ablazing, and were subsequently gunned down. There has been a shooting at a free speech event featuring cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. Two gunmen armed with automatic weapons opened fire outside the Curtis Colwell Center. The suspects are dead and a police officer has been hurt. There are concerns the gunmen's vehicles may contain explosives. On the phone with us, CNN producer Christopher Lett, who was at today's event in Garland, Texas, just outside Dallas. Christopher, right now you're inside the building. What more can you tell me? I'm no longer inside the building, John. They've moved us to a media staging area uh, just down the street from uh, the building. Okay, so explain what has happened in the last few hours. These two alleged gunmen in the vehicles drove up to this center that was hosting this uh, exhibit of the Prophet Muhammad and then a gunfire erupted. Exactly. So uh, according to police, uh, they, they opened fire. Uh, they were engaged uh, by the law enforcement there uh, on standby. Uh, from there, uh, they told everyone who was still inside the event uh, to go to the auditorium and usher the people who were outside to go back in. Uh, uh, SWAT teams uh, corralled all the people to get out. And as we, as we moved on, uh, we just waited. So I'll leave that there. That, that uh, news package from CNN goes on a little longer, but that kind of gives you a flavor of what happened. Uh, it went on long into the night where they had these robotic bonds, bomb detector you know, robots out there to try to see what was going on with the car. There ended up not being a bomb in the car. However, the suspects were shot on site. No one, I, I guess there was a cop who was hit and who is, is okay. But the terror, let me tell you something. <laughs> Texas is not the right place. You could say a lot of good and a lot of bad about Texas, but there's one thing you don't want to be a gun toting maniac in Texas and try to take out an event like this because they had guys who look like special operators, like military seals or 
Delta Force guys who are all decked out in the gear, they're they're raring to go. They want to kill somebody. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Right. So this event was put on by Pamela Geller. Ugh. And Terrible bigot. She is a founder, uh, editor, and publisher of AtlasShrugs.com and president of the American Freedom Defense Initiative and Stop Islamization of America. She is the author of The Post-American Presidency, The Obama Administration's War on America. And she is very outspoken about Islam. Right. Very, very. I mean, she's... She really, I, I, maybe it's her New York accent, but she comes across as a hateful, hateful lady. So many people that I respect uh, have, have called her a bigot recently. Mm -hmm. But of course, just because you're a bigot doesn't mean that you deserve to be shot That's for right. drawing a cartoon. Sure. sure. And there's been a lot of controversy about this, right? People saying, well, why are you holding a draw a Muhammad cartoon event? When you know what's going to happen. Or what is likely to happen, or what is, what is a stark possibility. Right. You know, here's the thing. I, I want to play some audio here of something. I haven't heard this anywhere else, so I want to play this. But this is, this is an, they were doing an interview with a lady. In, this is inside the event, the moment that they found out that they were under fire, or that there was a, some kind of activity outside. And I want to play this for two different reasons. Three different reasons. One... No, I haven't heard it anywhere, so it's kind of a, you're hearing it here first, folks. But also, the woman that's being interviewed, you just kind of get a flavor for what this thing's about. And then the other reason is, it, it's it's it, it's very telling and interesting to hear the moment that they found out that they were, quote-unquote, under fire. I don't agree at all with Sharia law. I We don't live under Sharia law. In a similar fashion, there's Jewish law, there's Christian law, and nobody's attempting to impose that on a national level. We have independent law. Who? Okay, shots no, just got no, fired. We don't, we don't know that for a fact. Okay. We don't know that. Then I think I better wrap it up my own self. Yeah, yeah. We do have... Get the camera, Mark. Mark. Uh, we have a little situation here. The uh, security people are... Running like crazy outside. Um, uh, somebody said we have no idea. Shots fired outside. We have no idea. We're looking right now. What's going on? Uh, Tom Trento here. We have a little uh, situation developing live right now. It is um, we're in Garland, Texas, at the Curtis Colwell Center, 6:52 in the afternoon and uh, commotion just broke out uh, in the facility here and the police and the SWAT teams with their M4 uh, machine guns who said shots fired it's been confirmed twice <laughs> so anyway I think that's super interesting I think that's fascinating kind of a glimpse inside of what was going on but moreover, to your point, Brittany Page, was that that woman was talking about not draw Mohammed and this is free speech. She was talking about Sharia law. And then she also said something super stupid, which is, you know, there is also Jewish law and Christian law, but we're not trying to impose that on, on the government. Oh, you're not. You're not trying to have prayers to Jesus, your deity, 
at the onset of, of, of city council meetings, school board meetings, the United States Senate, really. You're not imposing your faith, your particular flavor of religion in the laws that are oppressing gays actively as we speak. Fucking please. We're, we're going to talk about Charlie Hebdo in a second because uh, they're back in the news. Yeah. But this is a, a similar situation, although the people who worked at Charlie Hebdo were not bigots and they didn't attack Muslims, which Pamela Geller at times seems to just be attacking Muslims for the sake of attacking Muslims. And we're separating here Islam and Muslims. She attacks Muslims right. with her hate. Right. Charlie Hebdo was attacking Islam and the ideology and the philosophy of Islam. And they didn't just attack Islam. They attacked many different religions. Yeah. It was, you know, satire on many different topics, many different areas of politics. Anyway, so the Islamic State has said that it was behind the attack on the Prophet Muhammad cartoon event. It said that two soldiers of the caliphate carried out the attack at a conference center near Dallas. What they don't mention is they, they were immediately gunned down. <laughs> right. Both suspects on, were shot dead. On the fucking spot. Right. And now Pamela Geller is the target of death threats. Um, she received a message from ISIS and they said that they have 71 trained soldiers in 15 different states ready at our word to attack. It specifically names Virginia, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan, and California. I would not I would not doubt that. I would definitely take them at their word. So here's the deal. I guess we'll come down with it on this. We'll come down on this with this. That this woman is deplorable. I believe she is a bigot. I believe she's hateful. I believe she is prejudiced against Muslims, not just the ideologies that are preached within the religion of Islam. But that notwithstanding, she still has a right to free speech under the First Amendment. It doesn't matter how offensive her speech is, how hateful her speech is. In fact, it does matter how hateful, because the more hateful, the more uncomfortable certain speech makes you, that speech should be protected even more vigorously by all of us. Because if the worst of us don't have free speech, then the best of us don't have free speech. There's actually a great uh, 20-minute lecture that Christopher Hitchens gives on free speech that I'll post to the Facebook page and to the Twitter page. And he talks about that very point. He says that the people who are Holocaust deniers, the people who deny evolution, that you should want to silence their speech the least. Because when they speak, you have the opportunity to refine your beliefs. That's exactly right. Why do I believe this is true? Well, let me make sure that I have facts. Why do I believe evolution is a thing? Do I have the ability to argue that? And it kind of is a a mechanism that keeps you in check and keeps you fresh. Absolutely. Fresh for the fight. Well, speaking of fresh for the fight, let me tell you something. I am disappointed in someone for whom I have a lot of respect, and that's Chris Cuomo of CNN. He took to Twitter and he tweeted this. It doesn't. Hate speech is excluded from protection. Don't just say you love the Constitution. Read it. What's odd about this, though, is that he is getting smashed from both extreme spectrums on the political side of of, of either aisle. People like Glenn Greenwald... He said, such a painfully dumb tweet, Chris Cuomo. Can you point to where this free speech, quote-unquote, exception is in the U.S. Constitution? 
And he's just he's taken heat from both sides, which is an odd thing because Chris Cuomo is a lawyer. He went to law school. He should understand the Constitution a little better than this. Right. He's no dummy. Right. He isn't a dummy. And it baffles me that he would take to Twitter. I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction to try to support the other side by not supporting the free speech of these hateful idiots. But here's the thing. It took me all of about fucking three seconds on a Google search to pull up hate speech-related Supreme Court cases. If you want to go and search Brandenburg versus Ohio, it's a case from 1969... This little blurb says no organization has been more aggressively or justifiably pursued on grounds of hate speech than the Ku Klux Klan. But the arrest of an Ohio Klansman named Clarence Brandenburg on criminal syndicalism charges based on a KKK speech that recommended overthrowing the government. It was overturned in a ruling that has protected radicals of all political persuasions ever since. That was 1969. This is RAV versus City of St. Paul, 1992, even more recent. After a teenager burned a makeshift cross on the lawn of an African-American couple, the St. Paul Bias-Motivated Crime Ordinance, which prohibited symbols that arouse anger and alarm or resentment in the others on the basis of race, color, creed, religion, or gender, came into effect. In a unanimous ruling written by Justice Antonin Scalia, a unanimous ruling, nine of the nine justices ruled, and the court held that the ordinance was excessively broad, protecting that person's hate speech. 11 years after the St. Paul case, the U.S. Supreme Court revisited the issue of cross-burning after three people were arrested separately for violating a Virginia ban on cross-burning. In a ruling written by Sandra Day O'Connor, the Supreme Court held that while cross-burning may constitute illegal intimidation in some cases, a ban on the public burning of crosses would violate the First Amendment. Listen, if burning a cross is not hate speech, I don't know what is. But it is also protected under the First Amendment of our Constitution. A very dearly held right, fundamental, unalienable right, protected, not offered to us, not granted to us by the Constitution, but protected by the Constitution. So Chris Cuomo is just dead fucking wrong. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be a constitutional scholar to know that he's wrong. So you mentioned the Charlie Hebdo thing. They were in New York City being honored by Penn, which is a free speech organization this week. Right. They were getting an award for a uh, it's a prize celebrating journalistic courage. Yeah. Well, and they deserved it. Well, some people don't feel that way because <laughs> there was a petition going around and more than 200 pen members, including uh, several authors that I don't know, uh, signed it. You can find it. I'll, right. I'll, I'll post this article online and you can look at the over 200 authors um, that signed it trying to prevent Charlie Hebdo from being honored with a prize Regarding their journalistic courage. Very, very weird that, that they would use people who have made their living from their, mainly from their right to free speech, would champion someone's free speech being stifled. That's just, I don't know if it's the height of irony or hypocrisy, but it's one of the two, maybe both. Some pen members pulled out of the event. At least one publicly threatened to quit. Others have said that while they would attend the award ceremony, 
they wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a big fucking deal. How about that? But they were still given the award because Charlie Hebdo Penn doesn't care. Good. And um, so their free speech won't be stifled by their members, even, which is great. Gerard Biard, the editor of Charlie Hebdo. That's a pretty cool name. Accepted the Gerard Biard. If I if I said it right. <laughs> Um, he accepted the award, and at the end of his speech, he said, All believers blaspheme. Being shocked is part of democratic debate. Being shot is not. Awesome. I mean, really, th- there's how, there's no way to, to expound upon that or make that more profound. That is beautiful. And Charlie Hebdo continued to do what they what they did, despite being firebombed, having death threats, having to hire security to protect them, having to go through all this Being violence. Murdered. Right. And then having a terrible situation happen with many of their their family members, these people that they worked with for so long, be murdered and they continue to do what they do. And Brave. that is courage. Yeah, for sure. It's also standing up for your your right to free speech. And their cartoons. That, and ultimately, that's it. They're just fucking drawings. Don't get your panties in a bunch there, radical Islamists. They're cartoons. Poorly drawn cartoons, might I add. <laughs> so speaking of terrible shit going down. No, no, we don't answer that. Bill Cosby, everybody, back in the news, apparently there was a chance that he could be brought up on charges in the great state of New Jersey. Yes, two more women have come forward. Mm, bringing the total to 7,425. Lily Bernard, <laughs> who made an appearance on the comics popular show, uh, The Cosby Show, obviously, in an episode titled, Bring Me the Lip Gloss of... I, I thought you were going to say, in an episode titled, Huh, this wine tastes funny. <laughs> Is that not it? That's that's not the title of the episode. No, it's uh, Bring Me the Lip Gloss of Deirdre Arpel hmm. in 1992. Anyway, she claims that Cosby raped her. Big surprise. Not that someone's making an accusation. Yeah, I guess that, Wait, joke, that joke just didn't land. Did it, it is that someone's making an accusation. Yeah, not a surprise. Okay. <laughs> Let's just just cut that out. Well, okay. No, listen, it's, it's, it's a common occurrence at this point that, you know, every five minutes someone's coming out of the woodwork. That's why I made the joke earlier that... The two new accusers brings the the grand total of like over seven thousand accusers when it's really more something like fifty, but still fifty. It's over thirty. It's over thirty. I think it's well over thirty with these two. I think it's probably closer to forty. Okay, so she added her name to a long list of accusers on Friday during a press conference in New York, where she was joined by another woman who alleged that Cosby also sexually assaulted her during an interview in his hotel room after he gave her a drink and she lost consciousness. No, no, we don't answer that. California Attorney Gloria Allred is representing both women. Goddamn! Surprise. Go away. She says, "Quote: Unlike most other states, New Jersey." has no statute of limitations for rape, which means that law enforcement is not prevented from prosecuting a case because of an arbitrary time period set by law. I agree that rape should not have a a sunset period for prosecution. I think child molestation, I think rape, those types of crimes, just like murder, should not enjoy a statute of limitations. 
So good on New Jersey. So this might finally be an accusation that results in charges for Bill Cosby, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. And what does Bill Cosby have to say about this? No, no, we don't answer that. Of course. Moving on. It's the asshole of today. As of today, if you want your food free of GMOs and you want it fast, you can get it at Chipotle and at its Shophouse Southeast Asian Kitchen restaurants. GMOs are genetically modified organisms, most often engineered to improve production, sometimes to resist certain pests or require less water to grow. GMOs are regulated in the U.S. by the FDA, and they're surprisingly prevalent. More than 90% of the corn and soybeans produced here are genetically modified. Chipotle's move has been in the works since it became the first chain to voluntarily disclose which foods contain GMO ingredients. Founder Steve Ells downplays any financial impact and sees today's move as a natural next step. I wouldn't think about uh, the removal of GMOs as as being a a significant hurdle uh, financially. Um, But for years now, we've been committed to um, what we call food with integrity. And so, so the removal of GMOs is just a natural evolution of that. You might ask yourself, why, Jesse and Brittany, why is Chipotle the asshole of today? And it's probably not for the reason that you think. It's not because they they have gone GMO-free, although it does make them stupid. Why, Brittany, are they the asshole of today? Well, it's because they are they're no longer going to use uh, their corn and soybean oil that was made with genetically modified organisms. That's correct. But they're still going to serve chicken and pork from animals that are raised on GMO feed. All right. Well, so, so they are not GMO free. They're just doing this, I believe, in my estimation, as a publicity stunt, furthering the stigma of GMOs, which well, is dangerous. Well, and that's why they're the asshole of today. In my mind, you can have a different reason, but it's because of this <laughs> it's because of this announcement. And I read an article today that talked about how people are swayed by authority and people they trust or corporations they trust. Right. Someone that's in a position of power that they trust. Chipotle is very popular for some reason. I I haven't eaten there in years. I don't like it. Um you are outspoken to those around you about how much you don't like I it perplexes you how popular they are amongst the hipster crowd. I am not a fan. So it's annoying to me to see in my feed, oh, Chipotle's going GMO free, and then everyone's like, Yeah, I love Chipotle. I'm so happy they did this. It's meaningless that they did this because what's wrong with GMOs? No right. one can tell you that says, Yay, I'm so glad. No one can tell you what's wrong with them. As we've talked about numerous times, the scientific consensus says that they are safe. You've been eating them for years already. Right. Because they're in so many different products. It's fine. Relax. It's also settled down, wealthy white Americans, about fucking GMOs. Because millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people in the developing world are saved from dying, wretched, painful, horrible deaths from starvation and being um, food insecure 
they are saved from those deaths because of GMO crops. Right. There was a recent TED Talk by Pamela Ronald, and it's called The Case for Engineering Our Food. We will put this on the Facebook page because it is awesome and it is important. And she says a lot of really great things in this uh, TED Talk. But what I loved the most, she said this quote, What scares me most about the loud arguments and misinformation about plant genetics is that the poorest people who need this technology the most may be denied may be denied access because of the vague fears and prejudices of those who have enough to eat. It's exactly right. Listen, GMOs at this point is a moral issue. It is not just, uh, well, I don't want to have to eat that kind of food. Fuck you, American, who has a fridge full of food and instant access to clean water at your fingertips by flipping a switch in your kitchen. GMOs aren't for you. Here's the deal. We have close to 8 billion people on this planet and with normal traditional farming methods and organic is part of that, we are only able to feed like five, five and a half billion of the close to 8 billion people. We need a scientific advancement. We need some kind of an answer in technology relative to providing for the number of people who live on this planet. Well, and if you don't want to eat GMOs, fine. But but don't scare other people who are... Un- don't terrify the uninitiated. The That's people, right. The people who don't understand. The people who can't research it for themselves and who are going to see that Chipotle did this and think that it's meaningful. When it's not meaningful... It's not meaningful. It's meaningless. That's right. And I mean, I just think it's irresponsible of Chipotle to do this because it influences so many people and it just reinforces that GMO is a bad word and it's not a bad word. And another thing that's great about that TED Talk that Pamela Ronald says is that she wishes people would look at GMOs as medicine and not food. That's right. Because a lot of the engineering that they're doing is to add more nutrients into these Beta, beta carotene and yellow rice, all kinds of different things and advancements that they've done. Very important for for the hunger issues in the third world and the developing world. Right. Yeah. So, um, fuck you, Chipotle. Coming straight from Jesse D. <laughs> so here is an interesting article that we are going to talk about. That deals with voters on, and this is something, listen, this is something we've talked about on the show. I have had this premonition, if you will, for a long time. And it goes in line with the mantra on this show about if you are on the extreme right of things, you're wrong. Likely you are wrong. And if you're on the extreme left side of things, you are likely equally as crazy and wrong. But voters on the extreme left or right are most likely to believe in conspiracies. Yeah, this is a study out of uh, the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. So it's uh, a couple of people whose names that I obviously cannot pronounce. <laughs> if it's not Smith, you don't got it going on. Yeah, or, or Paige. <laughs> just just everyone be Paige. Okay. Brittany's known me for years and years and still has trouble with Dollamore. 
that's not true. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is the strength of one's political ideology that predicts how likely people are to accept a range of conspiracy theories. That is, the political extremes at both the left and the right side of the political spectrum are most likely to have the required mindset that makes them prone to perceive conspiracies as a primary cause of important global events. A core feature of political extremists is that they tend to make clear-cut assumptions about the world by rigidly classifying people, institutions, or events as positive or negative, competent or incompetent, evil or benevolent and so on. Such black and white thinking is reflected in a belief that, with the right policies, societal problems can be solved rather easily. This contrasts with political moderates, who are more likely to appreciate the complexities of many of the problems that the world faces. That's right. The nuance of everything. Right. And I think this makes a lot of sense, because conspiracy theorists, it really is like the least common denominator thinking, right? I believe that, yeah. Well, the government did this. 9-11 was an inside job. I'll interact with your show by calling you a dickhead. (laughs) It's more difficult to... Love you, buddy. It's more difficult to really think about what's going on in the world. Yeah, well, what... What's really happening? What are the myriad possible causes for this? Not some vast conspiracy that really can't be explained because it's shadowy and we don't see all the players. Right. And how do we how do we resolve it? Well, people that are conspiracy theorists just believe, well, let's, you know, get rid of the government or something. You know, they well, have- I don't think they really have an end game. They don't have a solution to problems because there's no way to do it because it's this vast conspiracy. Right. Or they just believe, well, the government's evil. Like this says, it's right. either evil or benevolent. It's either competent or incompetent. There's no in between. There's no, well, there's some people that are bad. There's some people that are good. In a lot of ways, it is it is uh, very catastrophic thinking. And I used to be one of these people. So, you know, I, I was, I would say, extremely right wing in my younger days, largely brought on by, you know, Jesus and Christianity. But it's I've mellowed in my older age and really understood, come to understand the the nuance in almost everything. These studies' findings established a link between political extremism and a general susceptibility to conspiracy beliefs. Although the extreme left may sometimes endorse different conspiracy theories, like capitalism, and the extreme right about science or immigration. Right. Both extremes share a common conspiratorial mindset as reflected in a deep-rooted distrust of societal leaders, institution, and other groups, allied with a corresponding tendency to explain unexpected important events through conspiracy theories. This this insight may be relevant for the question of why those on the political extremes have displayed substantial intolerance of other minded groups, <laughs> often with devastating consequences and on so many occasions throughout history. And this is another thing I see with conspiracy theorists, like when the new town uh, situation happened. Oh, yeah. There were people on my friends list that believed that was an inside job and that no children died. That it was the government that orchestrated it to... False flag operation. Right, to do something about uh, guns. And, well, first of all, that's just, like, crazy. Second of all, that's completely disrespectful to these parents that lost their little babies. Right, it's it's rubbing salt into the wound that is already a gaping, open chest wound that they've lost their children to a horrific, 
violent crime. But when I think back on those people that were saying that, even though this is anecdotal, um, they are extreme in their political beliefs as well. Right. Um, the people I'm thinking of were to the far right that right. were believing this. Um, but I also have, you know, people on my friends list that are the, to the far left that are conspiracy theorists. So I definitely see this pattern and it makes a lot of sense to me that if you don't have this ability to be nuanced in your politics, well, then why would you have the ability to be nuanced when it comes to explaining events that happen in the world? Sure. It's, well, listen, if, if you find yourself being one of these people, we're going to put this on the Facebook page. Check out this article. Th this might be for you. And it's okay to change the way you think. I have done it hundreds and hundreds of times when faced with new evidence, when faced with new information. But the only time I've ever done it is when someone says, uh, why are you saying that? And then I was like... <laughs> Oh, dang. I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to I'm going to go home and think about this. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the show. You know, you have this listed as a Florida file, Brittany Page, but I think this could very well be a taking care of biz. However, because on the rundown board is is listed as a Florida file. We will do that. Pizza Hut delivery app is saving the day. A Pizza Hut delivery app is saving the day. Yes. Authorities say a Florida woman escaped from a hostage situation. God damn. Thanks to her Pizza Hut delivery app. <laughs> that is uh, not a sentence that is often spoken. Cheryl Treadway says her boyfriend, Ethan Nickerson, used a knife to keep her and her three children inside their home. Police say Nickerson initially took Treadway's phone, but she managed to get it back under the pretense of ordering a pizza. Listen, I know that you're really mad and you're holding us all at knife point, uh, but do you mind if I order us a pizza? Because I think we could have like a little pizza party and... <laughs> Well, also, sure, go ahead and order that. Listen, crazy, maniacal, redneck douche. If we were to order a pizza, which company would you choose us to, to choose? Is it Papa John's? Domino's? Nope. I like the hut. Let's hit the hut for some pizza in the midst of my kidnapping. I just... I know we're making a joke about a serious situation, but I really wonder how how that exchange went down. Like he had her phone. He's holding them a hostage. But then he lets her order a pizza. It's just a very strange thing. Right. So in the notes in on the on the online app, apparently there's a section for notes like, a you know, slop on the sauce. I like it thick or, you know come to the second door and you know don't get bit by the dog right so in two different places she said please help get 911 to me and then like as an extra topping on her pizza she wrote 911 hostage help as exclamation point so someone at pizza hut um, an employee candy hamilton said she called her boss immediately and kind of asked what to do do you think this is a joke right and the boss said you know call 911 immediately in an abundance of caution right sure. don't just think it's a joke and luckily when the cops arrived uh the woman ran out with one of her kids and then the police eventually negotiated to get the guy out of the house and everything worked out but do you think she got her pizza uh she ordered a large classic <laughs> pepperoni 
Garlic BB. Don't know what that is. And they charged a $2.75 convenience fee. What is that? That's calling 911, Brittany Page. That's convenient that the other people didn't have to call. Look, we'll do it for you, but we're going to charge you an extra $3 because that's not normally what we do here at Pizza Hut. So this is smart, smart thinking. This, This mother was taking care of biz because... You know, she well, put, she figured it out. We talked about a, a similar case just several episodes ago, where the woman was in a in a terrible domestic violence situation. She called to order a pizza. The nine one one operator picked up the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. She called nine one one, and acted as though she was ordering a pizza. We played the call, and she's like, "Yeah, I'd like a, a double pepperoni." And the the operator says. You know this is 911, right? She's like, "Yep." Uh, how long will that take? And he finally fucking caught on. So maybe maybe that's the new way of alerting police to an emergency situation, Brittany. Pizza, it just it creates a situation where everybody understands and comes to comes to peace. Well, this may be the first time that someone in Florida was doing something right on Florida files. That's right. That's why I think it maybe should have been a taking care of biz. But what's done is done. We can't change the past. And with that, we will leave you. As always, I want to admonish you to use the Amazon search bar on dollamore.com. If you're going to spend your money anyway on Amazon, you might as well use our search bar and support your favorite show filled with news. News. And ridiculous comment coming straight out of my face hole. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been yet another episode of I Doubt It. He stung me right in my goddamn kidney.